Foreigner was only the second band behind the Beatles to have their first eight singles crack the top 20. Wow. Lou Graham, lead singer and songwriter, is on the show right now. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Very cool to have you on. Yes. Thanks for waking up. Sure, you got it. I'm up early anyways. Are you? You rock star types usually uh, don't get up that early. No, uh, I'm usually up by 6.30, quarter to 7. Cool. Doing every day. Doing what? Uh, I work out. I have uh, I have things that I need to do in the morning, and, and uh, it, it also, at this point in my life, it feels good to get up early. That's yeah. cool. That's excellent, man. You're from Rochester originally? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow at the uh, Oyster Festival, it's kind of a local show for you. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I think it's going to be. It's going to be great. We're going to have uh, perfect weather. Yep. They're setting up the stage oh. right now. So if you want to say hi to the crew setting up the stage, you could do that. Hey, guys. <laughs> do a good Go job. Hard. Yeah, make it sturdy. <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's level. All right. Lou likes the stage level. <laughs> what did you grow up listening to? Um. I, I grew up listening to uh, uh, the Beatles for sure, uh, and, and that first British wave. Uh, uh, I don't know if you remember the Kingsmen. Louie, Louie, oh, yes. we got, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That 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 uh, quick era be, before the British wave was was really interesting too. And uh, you know, I just I just uh, uh, liked listening in general. As a vocalist, were there any, you know, singers that you kind of related to or idolized? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, John Lennon, to be sure. Nice. Uh, uh, Paul Rogers, Steve Winwood. Those are some great voices. Exactly right. But yours was great also, so. Yeah, yours is very unique. Yeah, yeah it's I strong. I mean, it's really strong yeah. and distinctive. And and I, I was uh, heavily influenced by Motown too. You know, I, I loved uh, Aretha Franklin and Marvin Gaye. I thought they had great voices. Yeah, it's true. Did you get a chance to meet any of those guys? Like, you know, you grew up listening to them, and then you become a giant rock star, and then now you're in the room with them. Well, uh, I I uh, met and and hung out with Paul Rogers for for a good long time. We're 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 friends now. You know, cool. Uh, I met Winwood. Uh, I met Steve Marriott from Humble Pie. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, I think I met quite a few of the uh, of, of my heroes. Anyways, I met John Lennon. I spent an hour with John Lennon when he was recording his uh, oldies track with Phil Spector. Oh wow! Really? At, at that time, I was in a band called Black Sheep, and we were recording our first album on Capitol Records wow. in the studio next door. And there was a break room with a pool table in there. And, and I walked in there and John was shooting pool and asked me if I wanted to shoot a game of pool with him. Nice. So, so I, I did. And we just talked about everything, including music. And, and, and uh, he asked me what, where, where we were recording. I, I told him we were right next to him. And uh, it was our first album on Capitol Records and he wished me luck. And that's the last I saw him. Who won the game? He won. He did. <laughs> did you let him win? I, you let him win. Didn't I, you? I was not a great pool player, but he was very good. Oh wow! Wow! Right. And it's John Lennon too. Exactly. So, right. It had to be so weird, right? Like mind blowing. Yeah. Well, Black yeah, Sheep. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was afraid I was going to lose it. 
uh, uh, initially, but 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 I mean, that that's that's a guy that I would have given anything to meet, and and here he was asking me to shoot a game of pool with him. I I totally kept my cools. Nice. That's. Good for you. Yes. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah, you want to launch the balls at the table. John friggin' Lennon. Right. You scratch a cue into John Lennon's head. Right. Ow. Ouch. Ow. Sorry. <laughs> or you put, the, you put the pool cue through the, through the fabric on the pool table. Right. right. <laughs> That's it. Instant karma's going to get you. Right. You trip over the stick. End right? of game, end of John. Got to go. Yeah. yeah right. Oops. Uh, so Black Sheep ended up opening for Kiss, right? Yeah, we did nice. a, n- a number of, of of good bands o- over their short time together. Yeah, we we opened for Kiss. Uh, we we did shows also with um, Argent. Nice. You remember that band at all? Hold your head Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yep. Hold your head up. Yep. Yes. You have to. <laughs> that was that was former members of the Zombies. Oh wow. Uh, with 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 other people, they became Argent. Uh, we, we we toured with a lot of different bands. Uh, um, oh, jeez! You guys had a, it, like it, a car it, accident or, or truck accident when you were touring with Kiss, right? Yeah, we played we played uh, Boston Boston Academy of Music, and and we got a standing ovation. Of course, we had to ask Kiss's tour manager if we could answer our ovation because a lot of times that when you're done with your set, they just want to get you out of there. Right. But but, but he he saw the crowd was very. You know, enthusiastic about us coming back to do another song. He goes, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, cool. So, so did one more song, and and they loved it. And and then we got off the stage, changed, and went out in the audience to hear Kiss. And wow. then on the way home, on the way home, it was sleet, freezing rain. Oh, and, and uh, the the guys in the band, we were in a big old Ford Galaxy station wagon. We all made it back to Rochester. This was Boston to Rochester, and and I went to bed about four in the morning. I got a call from one of the road crew saying that the truck hit a patch of ice, slid off the New York State Thruway, and tipped over on its side. Oops! Oh, and they said they got some bumps and bruises, but everybody's okay. Cool. And, and they got the truck back on all four wheels, and it was uh, flatbedded out of there. And they were at a gas station now where the truck was. Could we come and pick them up? And there's one hell of a drum solo, oh, too. <laughs> You're right. You got I heard that was a quarterback. I got, <laughs> I got one of the other guys in the band, and we went back with the wagon and picked them up. We tried to get the, the sliding door on the truck open so we could assess the damage, and it went up about six inches, and then it jammed. Oh. So we had to, we came – the next day was Christmas – so the day after Christmas, when we went back there with uh, crowbars and stuff, got the door open, and and could see that the B three the legs were were swept right out from underneath it. There was no legs on the B three anymore. Oops, oh. The 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 amps were were pushed in, speakers uh, uh, smashed, and and the amps were not square anymore. They were like parallelograms. Oh, oh. flattened. Yeah, they they were. They, Crushed, you know. Yeah, and, and you, you know, we were supposed to be in Miami uh, uh, two days after Christmas to to start the full tour with Kiss. Oops. And, and we begged our parents to please help us out 
to get a used truck and some decent, even used decent equipment so we could fulfill our obligation and promote our album. Yeah, so it's Santa. <laughs> you know what, though? There was a huge recession in the States at that time, and they they could not help us. Oh, man. Well, then we called, who do you think we called next? The record company, who should stand behind us and give us a little money to promote the album. Absolutely. I'm guessing no, huh? They told us no. <laughs> they dropped the, They dropped the band from the label. Oh. And then Kiss dropped us from the tour. Oh. Ouch. That's a, you know, that's so a point to get We're talking them. to Lou Graham, but you know, I kind of feel okay with that happening because what happens next is right. music history. It's at the pace to him, yes. Maybe you wouldn't have ended up right. with Mick yeah, and writing know, all these great songs. Right. Oh, yeah. You never know. So, so the guys in Black Sheep... And I used to meet every two or three days and kind of kind of talk about what we could do next. We were going to save our money from our part-time jobs and buy some small amps and start playing clubs in Rochester again. And and that felt horrible to 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 desire to do that just to keep playing. Yeah. Start all so over. About that, Square one. Yeah. About that. About that time that my dad called me and he said somebody called a house named Mick and wants to talk to you. I said Mick. Jagger? Well, because <laughs> nah. quite a few makes up there to find. Yeah. <laughs> so, so listen, uh, Black Sheep's manager was an A and M Records rep, and Spooky Tooth was on A and M Records. So when when they had come to town about six months before the truck accident, we went to see them and, and got backstage to to meet all the guys in Spooky Tooth, including Mick, and, and I gave them I gave Mick. Both of the Black Sheep albums, I says, hey, I says, I just want you to listen to this. This is what I'm doing with this band. You know? Right. So apparently he did, and he was calling my dad to to let him know that that Spooky Tooth was no longer, and he was putting together his own band and wanted to know if I was interested in auditioning. Wow, Damn. like the stars aligned. But how did he get your dad's number? Did he look at like a phone book, or uh, did he have the number attached to the CD? I don't think my right, my it's not parents, CD, but record number or tape. Was, it, it wasn't their their number wasn't unlisted, so it was fairly easy to get. Wow! Right, right. thank goodness for that. <laughs> Something. Thanks, Dad, for answering the phone. <laughs> so, so when I talked to Mick, I uh, I, uh, I told him that that it was awesome that he was putting together his own band, and I I told him what happened to Black Sheep. And he asked if I wanted to come and audition. And I said, you know, I said, I would like to, but I says I still have deep allegiance to Black Sheep. And I believe that 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 we stand a, a small chance of, of of getting back together and, and doing what we set out to do. He says, well, listen, he says, you, you, you work on that. He says, and I'll call you back in about three or four weeks. So when I told the guys in Black who had called and that he wanted me to come in and audition, they, they said, Lou, look, you know, our, 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 our dreams are awesome, but I think, I, I don't think none of it's going to pan out. We, we had our short time, uh, go, go see what you can do in New York. Wow. That was cool of them and to do that. That was very, very cool of them. Yeah. So, so re- reluctantly I flew to New York and, and uh, went to a recording studio where, where the, where the guys in foreigner were, most of them, and uh, they had they had a couple tracks on tape. It feels like the first time at War with the World, and Mick wrote me out the lyrics, and so so the track played with no vocals, and Mick sang me the melody, 
And then he pushed me out in the studio <laughs> to, to, to sing, sing the song. I really wasn't familiar with it, but after a couple times through, I got the hang of it, and I did okay. Matter of fact, I did so good that my my demo tape, my audition tape, is the tape they sent out to the record companies to garner a deal. Wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah, see stars aligned, man. Damn. So, so, so I went there with a duffel bag with, with a, a, a two T-shirts, a change of underwear and a couple pairs of socks. Nice. I was there two weeks. Oh, and, what and kind of underwear now? Are these tidy whities or boxers? <laughs> Back in the day, they're white. I'm, right? I'm guessing tidy whities, leopard prints. No, <laughs> boxers, boxers during the day, tidy whities on stage. There you go. See? Really? Right. Why? Why was that? To keep everything in place. You want, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want, you want to show the goods. <laughs> keep the boys tight. You want to show them in place. Right. Keep them in place. It helps your voice also. <laughs> wow. So. Yes, it does. Lou Graham is on the phone. He's uh, playing the Milford Oyster Festival tomorrow on the subway stage. Yeah. Uh, We'll be very excited to introduce you tomorrow. Yes. So, you know, you paid all of your dues before Foreigner. Once that first album came out, though, you guys were instant rock stars, correct? It's, it seemed that way, but but it, it was a difficult pace to keep up with because we weren't used to that, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like pushing the fast lane, boom, off you go. Right. You're going from calling yeah. your parents to help you with equipment to... To go! Huge <laughs> album. Yes. And uh, yes. cracking the top 20 with singles, and I'm sure the whole world, yep. you know, you're completely in demand. Do you remember the first uh, time you heard yourself sing on the radio? Yes, uh, Dennis Elliott and I were driving into to Manhattan. We we lived in Westchester County. We used to drive into rehearsals in Manhattan together, and we were on the the um, the FDR, and, and all of a sudden it was Scott Muni from WNEW. Wow, Damn. the professor. Yes, and, and he's saying, "Here's a new group, half Brits, half Americans. They call themselves Foreigner." And then. Uh, Feels like the first time came on. Nice. And Dennis wow. and I, it was the first time, Dennis too. And I were so, so excited, we had to pull over to the side of the road. Nice. Of all the people and all the stations, you in all the cities you could have been, what a perfect place. Driving into New York, right. Scott Muni, here you are. That's awesome. Wow. That is cool. It was, it was perfect. Yep. Goosebumps here. Goosebumps. Nice. Um, and then... You know, you guys had so many great albums, and Foreigner Four seems like that was a, like a pinnacle album for you guys. And so too, I love that album. Great album. Um, and then eventually, you, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. You continue. I'll, I'll, I was I was going to say that it seems like after that, you and uh, Mick had like creative differences. Was that uh, you know? I just read this stuff. I don't know, but was that true? Like yeah. you wanted to be more rock yes. band. He wanted to be more synthesizer. Yes, that's right. Uh, he, he, you know, when he and I would get together to to start preparing material for the album, you know, usually it was heavy guitar chords and and awesome rock rock uh, uh, beat and everything, and 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 suddenly. And I think he, you know, I don't think he'd ever own up to this, but I think he was influenced by other artists that were having hits with mid-tempo synthesized half rock or half ballad. There was a lot of and, that. And, uh, yes, it was. There was a lot of that happened. Like a swarm. Even Van Halen, yeah, 1984 album, yeah. they succumbed. starts with synth- synthesizer. In fact, they hire Mick 
to produce their first album Dude. without Dave. Oh. While you guys were still together. Did that bother you? Were you like, hey, man. Uh, help you. Yeah. <laughs> over here. You should be over here working on this yeah. band. It, it didn't It didn't bother me. I, I thought it was a, a great opportunity for him. Uh, how, however, uh, uh, by that time already, I, I felt that Foreigner was hanging in the balance. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, it, it was a lot of synthesized stuff, minimal guitar, minimal guitar, which is, which is his in, instrument and the signature sound of Foreigner. Right. How, could, how could you minimize that? Yeah. yeah. And, and and ballad after ballad, you know, we we did uh, 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 waiting for a girl. That that was that was a big hit. Uh, then I want to know what love is, which went, which was our only number one song. And that was number one around the world. Beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 song with the gospel choir and everything. You know, had a great message. But but but, but ensuing albums after that. There, there, there was also always this big, blown-up, boomy production ballad that that you know was earmarked to be a big single, not only by Mick but by Atlantic Records. Too. Right, it seems like they were on the same page there. Let's make hits. Right. Yeah, they, 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 they I felt that they were trying to turn us into air supply. Oh right. God, no. Shut of the thought. <laughs> you know, Nobody, you could hear you know it. You yeah. could hear it. Yeah, I could hear yeah. what they were trying to do. So suddenly, the, the rock ballads and the things that made us who we were were, were way uh, were way in the back seat, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that happened to a lot of bands in the 70s. If you look at their sound in the 70s, Chicago, yeah. Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, they all became the synthesizer, three-and-a-half-minute song hit Wedding makers playlists. in the 80s. Yes. Um but good for you for, you know, having some integrity and some, you know, really core beliefs about what what you wanted to do. Thanks for having balls, basically. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I don't want to get into this with you because, you know, you're a good guy. And yes. We're very excited to see you tomorrow. I can't wait, man. Lou Graham on stage at Milford Oyster Festival. But I went to see Foreigner, and as good as they are, it's not Foreigner. No, it's not. I almost feel like there should be some drop of blood from an original band there to be able be. to call it that name. Exactly, yeah. And they spell uh, it differently. Mick was always that original drop of blood, but he's he is not in condition to play at all anymore. Oh, I'm sorry wow. to hear that, yeah, man. man. He, he has uh, uh, serious health issues that that uh, you know uh, I think are going to sideline him. Yeah. That's a bummer. So, so now, if that happens. Do you get the name Foreigner? No, it's his name. Gotcha. He 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 thought of the name. He registered the name. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I, I got a cease and desist because I was I was booking my my tour as Lou Graham, the original voice of Foreigner. Right. I got a cease and desist. That's Mick. Really? That really does blow. It's true though. You are the original voice of Foreigner. <laughs> it's You're not, not a lying. Lie. Yeah. yeah. Anything that wasn't true, I wasn't blowing it out of proportion. I just just spoke a few words of the truth, just to, to if, if there was anybody who who didn't know after that advertisement, they would know. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I I had to stop doing it right away. Yeah, bummer. But you know what? You're the guy that people want to see. It's you true. want to hear the guy who sang the song, sing the song. So yep. we're going to see that tomorrow at the Milford Oyster Festival. And by the way, I don't know if you checked the weather. Perfect. It's going to be nice, man. Perfect. I can't wait. Same. And can't same. wait. 
And, Lou, I have a present for you if you'd like it. Uh-oh. Do you guys play right Urgent? Now? Yes. Right now, I'm going to give it to you right oh, now. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely, guys play yes. Urgent? Now, do you have, a sex, oh, of course. you have a sex player for that? Uh, we do, yeah. Oh, okay, Why, then. you got a sex player? Yeah, I don't have a gift then. <laughs> <laughs> we say the receipt. I have a guy who can play that <laughs> solo play? note for note. Wow. Oh, jeez. All right, but you got someone, so, yeah. you, so you're good. Yeah, you bit off. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, touring and playing that song as often as we do, we better have someone. You huh? better. I thought maybe you replaced it with, uh, right. I don't know, maybe well, not so, a synthesizer. If but... something happens tomorrow, we got somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a backup for you. Yeah, if he doesn't make it over there, you know what? Yeah. But such an maybe honor to talk to you. Solo duet. When I, uh, are you interested in that or no? In what? The sax player? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could be, no. Okay. I got you. All right. All right. All right. Just enough. wanted to make I'm sure. So, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that door was closing. Right. Okay. Thanks. Sorry. That door is closed. Ain't no thing. No. We'll see you tomorrow. Definitely. I can't wait to see you. That sounds good. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Are you going to come back? Oh, yeah. I'll be back there. We're going to introduce you. Yep. And uh, Terrific. I'll be the annoying guy to the right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be the guys What's like, that? hey, man, it's Lou Graham. That, that, that's really him, man. <laughs> that'll be us. Lou Graham. All right. So that'll be us. Yeah. We will not ask you to play pool. No. All right, Lou. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate the time with you. We'll see you tomorrow at the Milford Oyster Fest. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.